A reading from Matthew 25, 34-40. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison, or go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the last of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. You have to remember this is a continuation of yesterday when um, Jesus is separating the sheep from the goats, and this is how he knows to separate them. The people who've served the least of these are his sheep. That's his flock. That's how he'll know us on the final judgment day. Um, it, it, we don't often think about Jesus as judge. Mm-hmm. You know, there's those three offices that we call them of the Old Testament, prophet, priest, and king. And Jesus is all three. He's prophet, priest, and king. There's a lot more you could say about that. But he's prophet, priest, and king, yes, and judge. Mm-hmm. And he will judge the nation someday. And, um, you know, it's, it's. I think we probably preach on that less, and we think of Jesus less often as judge. We, oh, yeah, Matthew 25, he's going to separate the sheep from the goats. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. So the takeaway is, yeah, this person, he's our Savior, he's our Lord, he's our prophet, priest, and king. Um, but we're going to have to answer to him someday. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you follow him around in the Gospels, you, you get to see what's really um, of concern to him, right? And it's mm-hmm. the least of these. It's the last shall be first. It's the prostitute, the tax collector, the children, the widow, the orphan, you know, all these people out there in the trenches, out there in the margins, out there in the dregs of society. That's where he goes. I mean, he goes and finds the other people too. Mm-hmm. But he keeps gravitating towards them. So if we really, you know, if we're aiming for that judgment day, Obviously, it's going to be his righteousness that we're judged by, but he'll know if our righteousness, if his righteousness is on us, if he's seen these good works that we did for the least of these. It Mm -hmm. makes me more motivated to go do more missions with church, with our Mm -hmm. church and to gravitate towards the types of people that he gravitated towards with Mm -hmm. my whole life. So I I find it interesting. You said that you're more motivated than ever to... um, kind of develop and or be part of missional um, activities uh, mm-hmm. for the church. I mean, reaching out into the world. I think that's a, an incredibly important thing. The question is, uh, in terms of what Stanwich has to offer, what do you think the most important mission uh, for it uh, would be and where what, what kind of place do you think uh, that would be the most needed place to go? Not the most effective, but the mm-hmm. most needed place to go. It's a really good question. And obviously we've talked about this at length, but my whole doctorate was on trying to understand that question is um, what do we mean by poverty? Mm-hmm. You know, and if it's, if it's only about material poverty, then we should just, you know, maybe even close up shop here in Greenwich and just open in a poorer neighborhood. Mm-hmm. But obviously, you know, not obviously, maybe, but the 
Gospels in the New Testament defines poverty like David was talking about a couple of days ago. And the more you have, sometimes the more poor of relationship you are, poor of spirit. Um, there's other ways of measuring poverty. So when it, it's it's a bit of a um, twist in the story, actually, mm-hmm. when you say I'm, I'm here serving the least of these, quote unquote. That might mean some days I'm in a country club talking with a super wealthy person whose marriage is falling apart and who has total depravity of spirit. Um, spending time with that person doesn't mean I'm not spending time with the least of these. Right. So you get a redefinition. But I think it we, it would be a mistake, though, for us to say, oh, I'm only going to spend time in that country club because <laughs> um, there are material needs all around us, too. And Jesus calls us to go serve them as well. I would just add one thing to this uh, excellent idea of mission. I think the primary mission of any church in, in any neighborhood is to train up the congregation mm-hmm. to live under Christ's admonition to go and make disciples of all nations. If the church had not done that, it was just, uh, you know, they, they said, oh, I want to, you know, set up a church here in Jerusalem because it's near where I live and blah, blah, blah. I don't think that's actually the mission that you see in Acts and in and, and the Gospels. Uh, Jesus went to many places within a, a, a small geography. Uh, he went up to Jerusalem at least three times, maybe four. And I think that preparing the congregation uh, to become uh, conversant with the language of God uh, and to be confident enough to go out into a um, skeptical world and um, help people come to see the truth of Jesus Christ is a wonderful mission for any church. And it's a matter of training people up. I think that's one of the purposes of this daily engagement in the word of God. Because how are you going to know it if you don't read it? Even if you, it takes five to ten minutes a day. Uh, at, at some point, you're going to cross into being coming over from being afraid to share the gospel to actually desiring to change the gospel, uh, to do the job. And I think that's an amazing mission just in and of itself. 